you know, it's funny. People will say to me, like, oh, where do you go to school? And I'm like, University of Maryland. Well, virtually, I haven't been there. Um, The only time I've been there this year is to pick up textbooks. Welcome to Offbeat, a podcast from the Diamondback. I'm your host, Allison Mollenkamp. About a year ago, my boyfriend and I had dinner at this chain Mexican place in Nebraska. Tiny plastic cups of hot sauce, plastic trays, almost too much cheese, if there is such a thing. I remember thinking that we were probably safe from the coronavirus because there was only one customer there. I also knew we probably couldn't eat inside again for a few weeks. Weeks turned into months, and months turned into a year. If I'd known it was our last restaurant for a year, we might have gone somewhere nicer. It's a little thing, but I miss the ritual of sitting down for dinner at a restaurant. Over the past year, we've all lost little things in our lives. Restaurant dinners, birthday parties, the hum of a crowded room. This episode of Offbeat is about all those smaller griefs. It's about the year we've lost. But before we start, I want to acknowledge the much larger grief. As of this recording, more than 2.7 million people worldwide have died of COVID-19. They left behind families and communities, passions and broken hearts. In the past year, we've seen disturbing incidents of racism against Asian people and grappled with the lasting effects of anti-Black racism and police brutality. And in the past two weeks, the nation was shaken by multiple mass shootings. There's no thorough way to encapsulate those losses here. I'm sure it will take years to comprehend the full scope of them, if we ever truly can. If you'd like to learn the stories of just a few of the people who died of COVID, the New York Times project Those We've Lost or the online COVID Memorial could be good places to start. To reflect on the things we've lost this year, we talked with five University of Maryland students. I'll let them introduce themselves. My name is Caroline Fleetwood, and I'm double majoring in marketing and supply chain management with a minor in sustainability. My name is Emma Schuster. I am a junior journalism major with a concentration in women's studies. I'm Divya Kapoor. I am a senior. I'm a double major in operations management and information systems. Steven Mailing. I'm a junior broadcast journalism major. My music performance minor. My name is Katie Diosarin. I'm a senior kinesiology major. The pandemic has changed a lot of students' lifestyles, interrupting their academic and social lives as well as their extracurriculars. Outside of class, Katie is director of recruitment and a member of the executive board for The Pride, a Maryland athletics fan group. She is, to put it mildly, a huge sports fan. And she remembers what she was thinking last March when basketball season came to a premature end. I feel like I lost two national championships last year because the men's team was killing it. The women's team was supposed to be a one seed. Like the day they announced that they were canceling the tourney last year, I think I remember tweeting, watching the men's O2 championship to mourn this loss. Nobody talked to me till selection Sunday, 2021. That mourning period is all too familiar to Caroline, who was supposed to spend her 2020 spring break studying abroad in Athens, Greece. So when I first heard my Athens trip was canceled, I did not handle that well at all. <laughs> like, um, honestly, I couldn't even like see pictures of Athens until like August because I was so upset by it because it felt like something I'm sure a lot of people feel this way, but it just felt like something was like kind of like taken from me. And I know it was the right call at the time, but it was just so hard to cope with. Definitely cried to my mom a lot, cried to my boyfriend a lot. The pandemic has left students grieving what they expected their life would be like this year. 
Emma is a transfer student, and last semester should have been her first on UMD's campus. So I was really looking forward to having that experience and having, I guess, meeting a group of people that would become my best friends. I could go to these events with and spend time with. And given that I'm all virtual, I mean, I've met people through classes and clubs, but I know them through a little screen on Zoom. I don't know them in person. Um, And I feel like if I were in person, I definitely would be able to have that close group of friends that everyone meets in college. The world didn't stop to let students work through these losses. Divya is the VP of Finance for Student Entertainment Events, which organizes concerts and other student activities at UMD. She and the rest of the C team moved all their events online last spring. I think the decisions were made like pretty quickly after the university announced that it was kind of going virtual for at least two weeks, um, just because we realized like if we took two weeks off and then came back, there wouldn't be enough time to really get everything together. So we ended up canceling a lot of things that were even happening in like April and later than that, because we just, even though like we, there was a chance that we could be on campus during that time, there just wasn't logistically enough time for us to really get all that together. That uncertainty has continued, with C having to cancel events even in the last few months due to the university's sequester in place order. But back in March 2020, nobody knew what was coming. Katie remembers interviewing for the Pride's executive board last spring. I still had hope, um, naively, that we would be able to do things. I was like, it's fine, we'll figure it out. Like, by then, we'll be at games again. It's fine, it's no big deal. Of course, it did end up being a big deal. For Stephen, president of UMD acapella group Decadence, that meant losing the group's planned performances. We usually have a fall and a spring concert. We were going to have our 10th anniversary concert last spring, and that was lost because of the pandemic. Um, You know, we've been waiting and waiting and waiting, and we chose not to do ICCAs, which is, you know, what you see in Pitch Perfect. You know, we decided not to do that this year because it's not in person. Some people, like Caroline, made plans early in the pandemic that didn't work out. After her Athens trip fell through, Caroline started planning to spend this semester in either London or Madrid. When that second trip got canceled, Caroline was hurt, but not shocked. What has been crazier for me to deal with is I go on TikTok and I see people from other universities in the U.S. that are actually studying abroad right now. And that's what I can't really understand. I get really caught up in the what could have been type thing, but I've been trying to accept it more that like this is the life and can't really change anything about it. When Caroline envisioned her study abroad experience, she shared it with her sorority sisters, many of whom were also planning to spend the semester in Europe. The pandemic has taken away many forms of community. Stephen says his acapella group isn't making a lot of music lately because it's so difficult over Zoom, but they're making an effort to check in with each other. When we're over Zoom, we're making sure that people are saying, you know, if you need to reach out to us, like, be sure to do that. I always say that my phone is an open line for anybody, and half the members in the group also say the same thing. I mean, we're just trying to be there for each other in such a hard time, and not being able to see each other makes it just that much harder. So we're trying our best to make it all work right now. Katie's felt that lack of community, too, and she's struggled to find a good substitute for cheering the Terps on in person with her friends. They often don't feel safe gathering to watch games on TV. I watched every game with my roommates, and they're great, but also I had kind of this core group of friends that always went to the games with me, and that was like an experience we shared, and we can't do that because they either don't live in CP or we're trying to not 
meet up with people. Earlier this month, Maryland Governor Larry Hogan announced that all Marylanders over the age of 16 will be eligible for the COVID-19 vaccine by April 27th. It's a light at the end of the tunnel, and students are starting to think about what comes next. Divya and the C-team are planning ways for students to gather soon, even though COVID rules will still be in place. One big thing I'm looking forward to, and I have for a while, um, is our outdoor movie series that we're ha- we have coming up. Um, I'm honestly just looking forward to kind of having more outdoor events, um, things that are, you know, we're able to do safely outside and kind of create some sort of normalcy. Some of the things that were lost this year can't easily be rescheduled, though. Caroline is graduating next year and doesn't know when travel will be possible. I'm going to have loans like right after I graduate. So like the first thing I need to do is get like a job and pay those off like as fast as I can. So like that is my ideal. Like I would like to backpack Europe for at least a month in the summer, but like after we graduate. But really it depends on like just my jobs, like entry day or something like that and I would love to work abroad too I'm definitely going to try but um it's easier said than done I think for UMD's seniors memories of pre-COVID experiences will have to be enough here's Katie you know we do the flag drop and it's just I miss it so much (laughs) this year has been rough for everyone and we want to talk about it Next, Assistant Special Projects Editor Clara Longo de Freitas leads a roundtable on the pandemic's effects on mental health, inviting some Diamondback reporters and editors to share their experiences from this past year. Before we start, please note, none of us are licensed healthcare professionals. If you or anyone you know is currently struggling with mental health, the University Counseling Center offers students free individual, group, and couples counseling sessions, as well as drop-in hours and referral services to other resources nearby. Visit counseling.umd.edu for more resources. Because this episode is about the losses we felt from the pandemic, we thought we would speak with some of the Diamondback staff on how their mental health has been affected by the pandemic and some of the tips they have on prioritizing yourself during this time. We can start off by just kind of introducing ourselves and just saying our position with the Diamondback. I'm Kimmy Fleming. I am the assistant offbeat editor here at the Diamondback, and I'm also the multimedia editor. My name's Rosa. I am a podcast reporter. I'm Alana Morris and I'm a diversions writer. My name is Amelia Jarecki and I'm a multimedia reporter. My name is Tani Momani and I'm a staff photographer. My name is Kushbu Rathor and I am the graduate student beat reporter for the news desk. Can you guys just describe to me what this whole year has been like for you? It can be very hard to describe that. Being a queer child of immigrants, I remember before pandemic even came to the United States, I got sick and I'd be coughing because like I would get sick and people would look at me very oddly. And I was just like scared to go to class for a week when I was like something I wouldn't worry about early. But even throughout the pandemic, I've been like extremely worried about getting hate crime or whatnot, especially last week with everything that's happened in Georgia. It's just been a very anxiety inducing year because it's just like waiting for something to happen, but you don't know what and when too, because everything's just happening when people are getting vaccinated. But it's a slow process and just trying to be patient. So I was already like in therapy and like struggling with my own mental health long before the pandemic. At this point, I've been in therapy for almost five years. But this like definitely took a very different kind of toll on my mental health that I don't even understand fully now. It's been really hard to understand 
how I'm going to get back to the normal world once everyone is vaccinated and all of this is over. Like, where do we go from here? I feel like at the, the beginning of the pandemic, I had this thought, like, maybe I should go to therapy. But at the same time, you know, it's kind of like a meteor hit. We, we were all going through this sort of collective trauma. I, I, I remember feeling like, well, what's the point of going to therapy when my therapist will inevitably be like also just like girding themselves against the everyday trauma of the pandemic. This might be the first time and maybe the only time in our lives collectively that we're all having this sort of major loss. And I don't really know how you can come out of that unchanged on maybe a a sort of basic level. Yes, everything has changed, but day to day, I feel like I'm doing the same thing over and over again. Like I'm stuck in this weird groundhog day loop and I can't get out. And then with that, there's also, especially at the beginning of the pandemic, I felt like I was constantly screaming into the void of like trying to get people to care about what's happening. So it was just really hard to get myself to not feel hopeless because there's only so much one person can do. I haven't actually felt a pandemic that much until like this month, not because like I'm living in another world. It's just because it's my way of coping. I just kind of usually numb it all out. And it started to hit me this month because Brazil, my home country, it's at its worst it's uh, it has ever been. There's just no vaccine. There's just no hope. So I think like one thing that I've been doing a lot to just like be able to cope is just kind of like drawing a lot, um, just like doodling, just trying to express myself in some way. And also just like in general, accepting all of these feelings. So that's just like a, another thing that I think we can talk a little bit. It's just about ways that you guys have been trying to cope with all of this and any suggestions that you guys might have for folks who, who are also, you know, struggling. Something that I really turned to is just prioritizing my self-care. I think when I get depressed or I get stuck in my own head, I don't take care of myself. I won't clean my room. And that's something that I know if I do, I'm going to feel better. So if I put my work down, take a shower, like do my hair, clean my room, I know I'm going to feel better about myself, even though I'm not doing my work. So that's something that I've definitely started doing more of since the pandemic started. If I feel like I'm just not having a good time in my room I'll just go and lay outside for like an hour and I'll lay there and like not on my phone I probably look really crazy but it really doesn't matter (laughs) I'm just laying out on McKeldin Mall also another thing I got a bunch of candles recently and I found how like it can really change your space like just having a little different sensory detail happening I struggled a lot with my own identity crumbling at the time that the pandemic started and the culture crumbling around me as I knew it. So anything that gave me a feeling of control was really welcomed during the pandemic. Even just going out for a drive or getting a coffee, even though everything felt so pointless. Mental health is something that you have to like work on it every day. And it doesn't have to be like this big grandiose moves for me it's just watching like really stupid tv shows about just like very dumb problems like rich people problems it's like the best sort of therapy for me we planned for a short conversation but there was just so much to say people shared their hardships stories of tarot card readings and crystals therapy woes and other experiences from the last year one of the biggest themes none of us are alone in going through this 
Look out for a bonus episode of Offbeat next Friday, featuring the full roundtable discussion on the ways the pandemic has affected our mental health and what we can do about it. Thanks for listening to Offbeat. I'm your host, Allison Mollenkamp. This episode was created by Riley Brennan, Kimmy Fleming, Clara Longo de Freitas, and Tanine Momeni. And thank you to Rachel Hunt, Amelia Jarecki, Alana Morris, Rosa Pio, and Kushbu Rathor for joining us for the roundtable. Our music this month is Just To Make You Happy by Jeff Draco and Skate Stance. You can find them on Spotify. If you'd like to hear your music featured on the show, DM us on Twitter at dbkoffbeat, and follow the Diamondback on Twitter and Instagram at the dbk. You can find a transcript of this episode at dbknews.com. If you like the show, make sure to tell your friends and leave us a rating and review. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next month with a brand new episode. Tell me all